Welcome back to Stick Out Your Tongue and Say Aha! As we make discoveries of patterns that appear on your tongue, what organ systems they are associated with, and then we're just about ready to jump into the addition of food physics into that model. So patterns that appear in specific areas on your tongue related to specific organ systems within your body have actually got a paired color and flavor of foods to which they respond most vehemently. So we're going to begin that part of our conversations today. I'm very excited. This is one of my favorite things in the whole world. I love to cook. I love to eat good food. And I love to feel good health. And I'm sure that a number of you feel somewhat the same way. It's always easier to be happy when you have been fed and, and it's been good food. So uh, those of you that have been participating, you probably recall that we use a handheld mirror to look at patterns on the tongue. And you may want to pull that mirror out now so that you can reconfirm some of the information that you learned in episodes one through five. There were focused specifically on tongue assessments, although only a brush stroke. There's much more to be learned over time, and that's mostly done through practical experience. That's why I'm suggesting you pick up your mirror and get ready to look at it. And so now, just briefly, I should let you know on our website, thespiritoffood.com, we have created a page that includes our podcast information, and it has a PayPal Me button. And if you click that button and request a copy of the food list, and that will go into detail about the flavor, the effect of the flavor on a specific organ system, and then the temperature because as we go into global warming, we used to call it that, now it's climate change. As we experience greater heat in our external environment, we also need to manage that additional heat's impacts on our physiology. And when that happens and affects it, we need tools and knowledge is the best tool that I've learned. So I'm about to share some of my knowledge with you. So if you don't have a handout, Again, I suggest that you go purchase one on our website, thespiritoffood.com. You'll find it on the podcast and event page or presentation and event and podcast page so that you can then uh, follow along as we go through the next steps and learn more and more about how to use the color of food to target a specific organ system within your body and either PK it, cause it to feel more active, more energy, or sedate it if it's over-responding. So we'll take a brief break while you either order the form and download it or while you look at your mirror and come right back. We'll begin to talk about the color and flavor of foods in correlation with areas on your tongue and the organ systems. Be right back. For those of you that are new to this podcast and also new to me, Laura Dawson, a little bit about me and the background of how I come to be here with you today. So first of all, I'm a nutritional specialist and I've been a person that has lived around food from my childhood on. 
I was one of six children. I am one of six children. And I learned to be one of the cooks in the household, taking over for my mother periodically so that she might have more time for her own self. So I did a lot of that. I did a lot of meal planning and um, shopping and other things throughout my childhood. And then as I became an adult, again, the three things that we concentrated on when we started to learn academics in high school and college were food, shelter, and clothing. And I chose food every single time. Um, I became a, uh, case, a worker in a field, a tomato harvester. During the summers of my high school years, it was one of my very first paid jobs. So I've been around food for a very long time. I since then have come to the point that I'm writing policy in Washington, D.C. and globally through the Codex Alimentarius folks periodically. And also I write for the United Nations Agriculture uh, Food and Agriculture Forum. You can look at me there. You can find my information posted under thespiritoffood.com, Laura Dawson, so that if you want to learn a little bit more about my activities in policymaking, you can do that. I've also helped to write, uh, contributed to the American Food Guidelines in 2004 and five, as we went away for the last year away from the pyramid. That was our last year, and we elected to move into the plate in the next year. And it was my joy and delight to be instrumental in adding the colors to the food plate where focus was uh, shifting a bit away from the food pyramid. So I'm really delighted to be a participant or an active participant in some of that, although I'm a little bit less these days, as I'm more focused on people like you. I want to bring my information out to the public the nutrition education model that we talk about here on this podcast is now known as food physics and body dynamics. However, in the year 2000, almost 1998, when we first began to teach it during our clinical internship as an acupuncturist in our school, uh, we shifted away from being the spirit of food because many people associated with voodoo and unseen and unscientific uh, information. And it's very much not that. And it's so measurable and so uh, provable, replicable and diagnostic and in treatment models as well, that we shifted the name to food physics and body dynamics because we're applying to your specific body dynamics or the body dynamics of a patient that you may be working with or a family member you may be nurturing. And then we apply principles of food, food physics to the dynamics of that body that we're speaking about and learning about. And we are coming, as we learn in medicine, to understand the uniqueness of each individual's body constitution. And we used to think it was DNA, and then we found out that for every 23,000 measurable DNAs, that's it. There are no more variables. It's a finite set. And with that being said, I don't think that there are very many of us that have a doppelganger, which a doppelganger is a term for an identical person on the planet. And I seriously doubt that that happens because it doesn't take into consideration physics, which is time and space. So each one of us were created in a specific time and space 
although we have measurable DNA. So what's been proven by cell biologists since then, that the mannerisms that we manifest in our daily lives and behavior patterns are not so much triggered by the DNA in our body, but about the biology of our belief system, the perception of fear or danger may trigger a behavior pattern far more uh, feasible than if it triggers itself because it's simply a DNA. So that's just proven to be wrong. It's a behavior pattern. So then the other thing that we have come to learn in most recent years is that each one of us has a biome. There's actually more bacterial cells within our body than there are human cells. Actually, bacteria is probably not the word we want to use here, but it's biological, those little tiny cells and the metabolism and their metabolism that creates as an offshoot our immune responses or our metabolic temperatures or et cetera. So we're learning in the healthcare profession so many more variables that comprise our behavior each and every day that it's difficult to wrap our minds around it from time to time. However, this system that I teach to you, food physics and body dynamics, is one of the certified protocols that's been approved by a national credentialing body in Washington, D.C. That's the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine. Their website is nccaom.org, and again, located in Washington, D.C., and so they have certified this as a viable and uh, I, I won't say legal because that's not really what we want to say, but provable scientific uh, protocol. So that's a little bit about me and a little bit about my protocol. And I love, absolutely love to meet with people and look at their tongue and teach them how that they may make different food selections and change not only their physiological behavior, but their emotional behavior because emotions are associated with the color and flavor of foods that we eat as well. And we'll be learning that. So again, uh, we're going to step back into the program. So thank you for learning a little bit more about me. I own two domains, by the way, thespiritoffood.com. And I have temporarily parked food physics and bodydynamics.com so that they bounce over to the spirit of food. So you can find out more about us and our classes there or somewhere on that page, you'll find an email address and you can send us a question and we'd be happy to address it. So we'll get back to the program. Thanks so much for your interest in me and more so your interest in yourself and your well-being. Be right back. So we're going to talk about the color and flavor of each food and the associated organ system. And we're gonna keep it very straightforward so that it's just an outline in this particular episode because this is a very large volume of information that you'll want to hear over and over in different ways. So we're gonna start out by uh, talking about the nature of, or the physics or action up, down, in, out, warm, cool, yin and yang of each food. So to begin with, we will first talk about the color. And that color 
in association with the organ system. And those of you that have participated in episodes one through five are familiar with this pattern of organ system and color because we explained the areas of the tongue that also relate to each one of the organ systems and a color. So the color of the foods that you consume are actually being sorted and triggered to be sorted by areas on the tongue to go to a specific organ system. And that's the overall uh, essence of what we're teaching in color. Flavor as well has that same benefit. So we're going to start out with color only today. So the directional nature of the color red is actually the organ system, rather, of the color red is associated with the heart. And so any food that is a red food is going to automatically have a propensity to have an effect upon the heart. And many of us may recall some years back, within the last decade at least, uh, there was a research study that bragged about eating red tomatoes being very good for the heart because of the color lycopene, which represents itself as red in the tomatoes. So that was a very big deal because a tomato would affect the heart and we could associate those things. So that was a introductory step to the color of food recognition and an organ system. And I'm not sure we followed that trail much after that in the Western medical model or nutrition model, but the oriental medicine model has been doing that type of understanding of both the color and flavor of food for at least 2,000, if not 4,000 years. So it's been ongoing for a very long period of time. So again, that color red is most uh, responsive to and of the heart. And of course, we pump out very vigorous, beautiful red oxygenated blood when it's healthy blood. So that's easy to recognize the color red with heart. So then again, the next color we're going to talk about is the color yellow. And the color yellow is most associated with the digestive process in the spleen and the stomach area of the body and a little bit of the pancreas as well. Uh, although in history and oriental medicine, the pancreas really wasn't even mentioned as an organ system. It hadn't really been recognized. Don't know if it's you know evolutionary and is appearing in the human body now and didn't before. I have no idea about that. But I do know that the color yellow, yellow has a propensity and an action upon the digestive process in relation to our spleen and our stomach, and the spleen, of course, is very helpful in replicating or recycling the red blood cells that are over 120 days old when they reach the spleen. They break it down and put new signals on it, and they use the, the vibrant blood that's been produced through the digestive process. So that's why it's sort of, it is not sort of, but it is associated with the stomach function on the center of the tongue. And you can go back to your tongue notes in episodes one through five to get a recollection of that. But we called that the wonder bread area in the center of the, the tongue. 
kind of looks like a Wonder Bread slice. So the next color we're going to talk about is the color green, and it's associated with our liver. And it's such a profound organ system that it is, it has many of the jobs in the post-digestive session of receiving food that are associated with hormones. And that's why we see so many people with type 2 diabetes have liver issues and their liver is not communicating well enough with their spleen and they're not producing enough insulin balance so that it will manage that sugar that comes into the body in a proper way so that it's more balanced rather than spiking high and low. And so uh, green is a purifying color because the chemistry chlorophyll is what is the green more or less in it primarily. There's other reasons for green. Also bile in the gallbladder, which is associated as a partner with the liver. Um, and then that green purifies the blood and puts new signals on it with the help of the, the bloodstream and the new fresh red blood cells. So, and we call it in traditional oriental medicine, the general, because the quality of the blood sets the stage for the capabilities of the human body to go out into the daily world and be able to protect itself and yet enjoy itself and live through experience. And in our eras, we have learned to experience life far away from the early warrior days. Thank goodness we've reached a different level of humanity and we're into more of the peace eras where we do not fight as many of the wars that were historic. So not as, as much as we did at one time. The next color we're going to talk about is the color purple, and then it goes all the way to black. So it's blue, actually, and then it goes to purple, and then it goes to black. And the color of food, when they are in that range of vibration, that's how it becomes a color, are most associated with the kidney and the bladder organ system. Uh, the kidney, of course, has the adrenal function which manages the stress level of cortisol and cortisone in the healing process, etc. So it has some very important roles emotionally. So foods that are purple, blue, and black are really good to nourish kidneys and anchor them and support them and, and allow the kidneys to function best. And then um, we have the lungs, which is almost at the tip of the tongue. And uh, they're very important in this era because we have such environmental impacts on our air quality that we've recognized lung diseases more often and, and more vibrant uh, as time goes by. It's becoming an issue. So we need to watch our climate, particularly our uh, air quality. And the lungs are associated with the color white. And white is... is actually the presence of all three of the primary colors. If you, um, if you were to draw a color wheel, you know, you can make a circle on a, a cardboard piece of paper and poke a hole in the middle of it. And if you put the color red and the color blue and the color yellow, those are the three primary colors on the planet. And you put a little pin in the middle of it 
and you spin it really fast, the color that you get out of mixing those three primary colors is not what you think, which is most of us would think it would be black, but it's actually not. It's the opposite. It's white. And so why does the color of the foods that have a propensity to act on the lungs, and I'm not talking about white flour or white sugar. I'm talking about things like a, a radish, a daikon radish, or a head of cauliflower that not necessarily purple cauliflower, because we now have that, but it's got a little bit of a spicy nature. And so we'll talk again about uh, in the future about the nature of flavor and how they double the benefit of a location because the flavor is also associated with each one of these organ systems. So the lungs, again, really like white foods. Uh, things, as I said, things like um, cauliflower and radishes and uh, leeks, the white part of onions. And uh, those are things that I can think of right off the bat that are white. And I'm sure that you probably can think of some more. And the final one we're going to talk about is the, let's say one, two, three, four, five. No, that's it. That's it. One, two, three, four, five. Red, yellow, green, purple, and black, and white. So we have all five colors and the five major organ systems. Red heart, yellow stomach, spleen, green liver, gallbladder, purple kidney bladder, lungs, associated. They're associated with the large intestine in oriental medicine and then the color white. But we have come to recognize that the skin is an organ system as well. And it's very much a part of the lung function in a body. So the next section that we begin in the next episode, rather, we'll talk more in detail about the color associated with a specific organ system and the foods that they are. So stop by our website the spirit of food, go to the page about podcasts and order your copy of a food uh, uh, handout for use while we're taking the next session in. Uh, episode six is closing right now, and then we'll move on to episode seven. We look forward to you coming back again and again to learn more about food physics and body dynamics, tongue assessments through learning by sticking out your tongue and saying, aha, thanks so much. Uh, tip is after this, so stay tuned for the tip of the day. Be right back. Hello, and this is the tip for the day. And because we've just come out of Hurricane Dorian, where I live, and humidity in tropical areas and other places that are seeing hurricanes, it's that time of year, Hurricanes bring warm, wet weather. And so when it's warm and wet outside, the metabolism, the oxygen radical that's produced in the digestive process has difficulty going out of the pores of the skin out into the environment, which is what normally happens to it. And it does that through either just a small amount of sweat on a continuous basis, and it, we don't really call it sweat at that point until it's liquid, or it goes out through the bowels or through the bladder. Uh, tears is the other one. So those are the ways that that extra moisture that builds up through metabolism gets expressed into the environment around us. However, when the environment has a dew point at higher than what our temperature is, 
then we end up not being able to push out that, that oxygen radical. And so what do you do with that oxygen radical that's building up inside the body because there's a hurricane outside and the pressure is different and it's just all over the place. One of the things that I've learned, it's very much like when you walk out of an air-conditioned room out into a hot, humid day, your body, the lungs in your body start to condense and moisture builds up within them. And that's the first place that moisture comes into the body that needs to be protected against too much fluid. That's pneumonia and those other issues. So what are you going to do? A couple things you can do, first of all, is something spicy put in your mouth that can put the aroma of mint or ginger into your uh, aroma, sensory aspect of it, and even into your stomach so that then that permeates through the digestive process and through the lung process and the internal mechanisms, allowing the pores on the surface of your skin to be open just a little bit better than they would before. And in doing so, it allows that oxygen radical out of the body. The other way to do it is to drink something bitter because bitter drains dampness out of the body or bitter foods drain, drain dampness out of the body. A physician gives you a diuretic pill to take dampness out of the body. So better still that while you're in your home in a hurricane that you can't get to a doctor and get a pill for diuretic needs that you quickly find something in your household that's bitter and that will allow you to drain that dampness out through your bowels or you have cinnamon or ginger or spicy flavors that you can open the pores of your skin. Those are antioxidants. So that's the tip of the day about antioxidants. And if you have more questions or information you want to share with us, we have set up a question answer period after this. It's on our anchor page. So be sure to check it out. Thanks so much and come right back next week. We'll have another one. Actually, I think we're going to do two this week. We'll see. Thanks so much for stopping by and listening in. Laura Dawson, acupuncturist and nutritional specialist, thespiritoffood.com company, food physics and body dynamics. Thanks so much. 